0: Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome to the
1: Hail District podcast. I'm Patrick Rice, senior writer with uh, hailtothedistrict.com, running today's podcast with the distinct pleasure of speaking some Mass baseball with uh, the voice of DC Sports Talk Radio himself, Mr. Grant Paulson, and the biggest cat, Samuel. Uh, Grant, thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your busy schedule today. How, how are things on your end?
0: My pleasure, Patrick. I'm great, man. How are you?
1: I am pretty well. Nice to have a quick refrain from, from watching the cast for, for a day or two. But, <laughs> no doubt. Game three was yeah. a tough one, but we got ourselves a series. Man. Yeah, it was a tough one. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get to that 3-1 lead and, and get back into to Tampa where we belong, apparently. Um but to, to jump right in here, Grant, you know, one of the things that I'm very curious on your thoughts on is Bryce Harper's early season struggles, right? Um, you know, it's April's part of March he's he's crushed the ball. But, you know, once that calendar gets later in April and flips, he seems to struggle. I think he's hitting about 207 uh, since the middle of April, um, you know, considering the trend for the last three years, I'd love to get some of your thoughts on the struggles and and if you believe free agency is playing into that or it's just, you know, just part of the grind of baseball. Yeah, I don't think free
0: agency is a big factor for him. I mean, he's still driving the ball with some of the best bats in baseball. He's still driving in a ton of runs, and I think he'll drive in 100 for the first time this year, despite the fact that he'll spend a bunch of time hitting near the top of the order. I think in terms of his batting average, I think he suffers more than anything else from – seeing less pitches to hit than almost any pitcher, certainly in the Nats lineup, but uh, I should say any hitter in the game almost. I mean, look, when he gets walked as many times as he does, and it's amazing how often he gets walked, he'll be among the league leaders and on-base percentage again this season. you got to be ultra-selective, and I just think it's really, really difficult when teams pitch around you. I don't just mean walking you by design or IVBs intentionally. I mean when they're just throwing you balls, as he said earlier this season, I'm 24 years old. I want to hit. And I think it's just hard to keep taking your walks over and over again and to not lose your timing and to not get out of a rhythm. So, to me, it's a good thing that he's getting on base, that people walk him as often as they do. But he spent much of the season without any protection behind him in the lineup. That's why David Martinez had to move him up to the top spot in the order. Ryan Zimmerman was hitting sub 200 behind him. And finally, they got Matt Adams hot, which has really helped. And you can see when. There's a hot pass behind him, whether it's Adams or Lindon or it's Trey Turner now hitting second. He sees a lot more pitches to hit, and even if he's not getting big hits, he's making harder, louder contacts. He's having better quality of the pass. But to me, I think that's the whole thing. Uh, part of it is I've never really thought he was going to hit 300 to 330 every single season. I always kind of thought he'd be in the 270 to you 290, know, anyway. with a ultra-high on base percentage and a lot of home runs. I think he spoiled a period uh, enough batting average and r- homer and RBI total to win the MVP award. But for me, I just think it's as simple as like, the protection behind him and whether or not he's seeing pitches hit regularly. I think if he gets enough of them, he's going
1: to hit close to 300. Yeah, it's, I, I think you're right. Obviously, he's only walked a handful of times uh, this month. I think it's like four or five. Uh, but you know, I think there is something to Mark. You know, even Davies come out and said, you know, we want him hitting and then he's saying, you know, I'm 25, let me swing away. Um, well, and think you know, about, about it, mind. too.
0: Like, the walk total is down, Patrick, and I think it's because he's swinging earlier in the count sometimes at pitchers' pitches or stuff off the plate. I mean, I think if he wanted to take his walks, which by and large he does, and I give him a lot of credit, but I just think it's really difficult to take them all the time. And I think what you've seen is an expansion of the zone, uh, swinging at some pitches he shouldn't. I think he gets the th- – you know he hit a ball to the moon on three and zero the other day, isn't a good example of, you know, they, they yeah. could let him just take two pitches and walk, but they're trying to get him going, and I think you've seen that. So I think part of why the walk totals are down, it's not that he's getting pitched differently or he's getting pitches to hit. I think he's swinging at pitches he can't really hit.
1: Yeah, the uh, I was I was going to mention with Zim, you know, I'm an I'm an unapologetic supporter of Zimmerman. Um, you know, he's from Virginia Beach. I'm from Norfolk. Love the guy, uh, but. I think there's something to him struggling, right? He was hitting 200 until, or under 200 until about a week ago. Um, but what do you think? What do you think Davy's going to do with um, with first base with, when he comes back? You know, he's hitting about 300 in the last two weeks or so. But you have to have Adams in that lineup. I'd be curious to what you think Davy will do. Do you think he'll platoon or or just run with it?
0: Well, first, I think Adams has to be hot when Zim comes back, and we don't know first how hot Adams is going to stay and how long. Number one, number two how long until Zimmerman's back. I talked to him actually today, as a matter of fact, and he said he's getting closer and he's feeling a lot better, which is a good sign. So ideally he'll be back a week or so, something along those lines. But I do think Matt Adams has to play more than the plan was earlier in the year. I just think he's a really good hitter. Now, you don't have to play him against a whole lot of lefties. It doesn't have to be a true platoon, but I think Zimmerman's days off should come against righties. You You can spell him a couple times a week. Then you're going to face a lefty or two a week, and that gets Matt Adams three or four games right there at first base. Doesn't mean that you know Zimmerman uh, never faces a right-handed pitcher. I think that, you know the, the idea is basically you split a little bit of time and you ride the hot bat. If Zim's smoking hot, which at some point this year he'll have a month where he hits nine homers and drives if in 18, and then you roll with him. If it's Matt Adams for so, you no know, month who's rolling, then you then you kind of stick to the script with him, but. I think that the key would be that Adams played a little more than he would have at first. I also think, at least in the intermediary, when Zim comes back, let's say a, it's a week from now. I mean, because he has been hitting the ball better. He was five for his last ten before the injury, and he was hitting almost 300, as you mentioned, for 15 games or so. I think it was around 315. Well, you got left field as a vacancy right now, right? So I would throw Adams out in left, put Zim at first, play both of them most days, and. Until Adam Eaton comes back and he's still six weeks away, you don't have to worry about it. I mean, the way this team deals with injuries, they may never have to worry about it because there could always be someone who's on the DL.
1: Yeah, they they do. It's actually kind of amazing how well Rizzo's built that bench, right? Especially with Reynolds coming out of nowhere, another Virginia Beach kid who comes in and smacks, what, two home runs the other day against uh, yeah, first uh, the linebacks. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. I was uh, watching that from, from an airplane, so pretty exciting. Um. Hey, I know, I know you got to get out of here with this. You know, obviously the Braves are young and brash and, and out of the gates pretty hot. They kind of remind me of the Rays back when Mongoria was young. Just a ton of young talent. Um, with the bullpen the way it is, and, and obviously we're getting into the summer months here, what, what kind of moves do you think Rizzo is going to make? Because last year, you know, he went and got Doolittle and Mattson and Kinsler. I think June, maybe late, late May. Um, to fix that bullpen. So I'd be curious of what moves you think, if any, that Rizzo will make in the coming months.
0: Well, he's definitely going to have to get bullpen help. You know, the good thing is last year they needed a closer. They needed a set-up caliber arm. Uh, this year they don't need those things, and those are the harder, more expensive things to find, right? Those are the more valuable commodities on the market. They need middle relievers. They need Matt Albers, you know, from last year as an yeah. example. You could get Matt Albers for a non-prospect in the minor leagues who can go hit 285 in the Eastern League somewhere. So I think it's actually going to be really easy to fix their problem. Uh, they need to add one, maybe two middle relievers, and maybe one of them is internal already. Maybe it's Sean Kelly getting healthy and pitching really well for the first time in a couple seasons, or it's Sammy Solis has pitched every single day, it feels like, you know, going through a stretch where he turns himself into a, a really reliable option. Maybe it's Wander of who pitched an inning against the Yankees before the game was stopped for rain. But if they need two guys they can trust, kind of for an A and a B bullpen, to get the ball from the starter to the the eighth inning arm so that Brandon Kinsler or Ryan Madsen don't have to pitch every single day. And basically the idea is you want two of the big three pitching every night. Everyone always talks about the seventh, the eighth, and the ninth as this, a Knightley, Kinsler Madsen, Doolittle thing. Well, you can't have those guys pitch every night. If they're always getting one of the three a day off, then two are always going to be available. And it means that either your A or your B, kind of middle reliever pitching in the seventh inning gets you by, that you can go to one of those guys as a setup man and then Doolittle as your closer. I think that's kind of the plan. That's what they want. It's what they haven't been able to figure out yet. But that, to me, is Mike Rizzo's task. I thought they might need a fifth starter. That was kind of my expectation. I still think they could end up needing starting pitching help. But Jeremy Hellickson has been brilliant. In all six of his starts, he's been very, very good. I loved that signing. I'm very happy with how he's thrown. I'm curious to see if, A, he can sustain it, and, B, if they can get through the season with the big four not missing starts and, and remaining I'm healthy because if you lose one of those guys, they're absolutely going to need to go get it commendable kind of middle-of-the-rotation type starter who can pitch well in the playoffs. So I would put that on the list as still a possibility as well. And you can always use a bench bat like a Howie Kendrick when he came over from the Phillies last year and helped them out down the stretch as well, uh, although I don't know that that's a necessity because I think they've got a pretty good bench to get back. So i will put bullpen at the top of that list. I'm not really worried, Patrick, to, to answer the other point about Atlanta, though. Uh, that much about the Braves just yet. They're very, very good right now. They're very hot. They're playing great baseball. Uh, Ozzy Alves is a star. Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to be terrific. When you look at the Swanson before he got hurt, bouncing back this year. And all their kids stepping forward in their rotation. They got Sean Newcomb shoving and Mike Fulton Avis pitching well and uh, Julio Teheran throwing the ball really well, but. They got a bunch of guys that are going to be on inning restrictions that are going to be shut down later in the year. That may not be as good in the second half as in the first half. I'm not sure they got the pitching depth to hang with Washington. So I think over six months they'll they'll come back to the mean just a little bit.
1: Yeah, Nick Nick Markakis isn't going to hit what 400 every month. Yeah, that's um, another guy.
0: I don't know how he's doing that. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, he, yeah, he's just kind of slapping it around. Um, well, cool. Well, you know, Grant, I can't thank you enough for for joining us today. I know. Uh, quick and you've got to run to dinner but really appreciate it for everyone listening give grant a follow at grant h paulson on twitter for all your caps and Nats news and uh milb news as well i know you were at the um double a game on tuesday checking checking out Soto. so uh thanks for your time and, and really, we really appreciate it
0: yeah my pleasure and uh let's get together sometime when the cap season ends and chat a little longer
1: yeah sounds good man
0: all right be well thanks
1: a lot. yeah thanks a lot Grant. Enjoy
0: Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.